Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host... Wow, thank you all seriously for tuning in. This has been an awesome, like, last few weeks of the show. I've had some really fun episodes coming out, and today is no different because I have James Linfield from the awesome bash-up band, Beatallica. Yeah, super cool. If you like the Beatles and you like Metallica, you're going to love this band because they got some really cool kick-ass tunes out there, you know, and they just released a new album called Devolver. Here within the last few months. But we're going to get into James uh, talking with him here in just a few minutes. I do want to take a minute and say I've actually got a partnership program that I am starting up here in the next few episodes. So please, if you hear any ads that are different, please give a, a click, check it out, and see what you can what you can do, man. Um I'll announce it on social media here as soon as I get the ads ready to go. But it's big. I dig it. And, you know, I am an avid supporter of their product. I use their product for everything I do from the band and, you know, in overload to this podcast. And I am so excited for it because it feels like 
a huge step in the right direction. So fucking right. And again, you know, hey, here we are another week. We've got another episode of Metal Mischief from Athena. She's going to be talking about some cool stuff here soon, too. But before we get into her talking about the new album that she's going to review, I'm like blown away. And like, there's some cool shows I really want to go see that are coming up. You know, Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel are going to be playing in Cincinnati here in May. I really want to go see that. That's super cool. Uh, Then there is... The Coffin Cats, they're going to be playing uh, in New Albany here, just like near my house. So fucking cool. I'm going to go see that show. And then the following Saturday in Cincinnati, Anvil is coming to Cincinnati. And I've wanted to see Anvil for so many years. The chance, It's like I've never had the opportunity to catch them when they've been somewhat close. So where I live, I live about two hours from Cincinnati. And I am so excited that like all of these shows are coming within at least two hours because, of course, I would love it in my town. But honestly, I don't. I don't know if uh, Louisville would be able to support uh, enough of them, you know, because Louisville has some pretty cool venues. But like, you know, Cincinnati is where it's at in the metal scene. I think these days, you know, the Newport area, you know, even in Indianapolis, up at like Black Circle Brewing up there, that fucking place is bad fucking ass so yeah we're definitely going to be going to some shows we're definitely going to be talking to some new people coming up some more awesome people coming up and i have nobody no one but you guys to thank for that because without your listener support and you know checking these numbers every every week of of the people that have tuned in from all over the world, not just in the United States and Canada and the United Kingdom, but we get listeners from all over the world. And wow, I am just like in awe every single time I log into Anchor and check out who and where people are listening. Thank you all so much. So let's go ahead and get into this Metal Mischief episode number four, where Athena is going to be talking about the new Lunacy album, Space Coke. Yeah, I dig it. (laughs) So let's check in with Athena. Misfits and miscreants, bangers and mashers, deviants and the deviated, the tormented and the fermented, ghouls and goblins, creatures of the night, jack those headphones, Crank up the volume to max, spark it up, and just relax. It's time for your deadly dose. Welcome to the fourth installment of Metal Mesh Jeff. I am your host, Athena, and on today's lineup, we have a new album called Space Coke. Yep, you heard me right, Space Coke. Just makes you think of heavy metal, right? Do we have any of that Nyborg left, man? (laughs) I mean, you know, nosedive. So, line one out on the dash and put this fucker in first gear. It's time to take a little trip with Lunacy. 
Lunacy recently released Space Coke in January 2022, but recorded in 2020 at the Jam Room Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. You know, it was the fucking plague and all. Took a little bit. And out of a time where things were very uncertain and honestly a bit unnerving, bands cautiously gathered to create these beautiful masterpieces of art. And man, you know, when I hear a lot of the new stuff that's come out, it just reminds me that when we are not occupied with a bunch of other obscurities of life, we get a lot more done. Isn't that kind of weird how that happens? Anyway, I digress. But when in doubt, create some killer fucking stoner doom dirty blues. This album is a dystopian groove metal album. It exudes passion and mischief. A beautiful blend of doom, acid rock, and deep electronic cuts. With a surprise cover of Twist a Cane to round it off. You guys know what I'm talking about. And I think Danzig would be fucking stout. And to be honest, this is the first time I'd ever heard of Forbidden Place Records. This is a completely new label for me. After much investigating, I stumbled on some other pretty fucking rad bands. So, I highly suggest you check them out. Forbidden Place Records. This album has been a joy to listen to. Absolutely. It has processed vocals, equivocal lyrics, and eerie, perplexing snippets of audio extracted from strange films of yesteryear. If you guys are in the 40s like me, you totally know what I'm talking about. Space Coke achieves this darkness effortlessly. Whilst the music itself and acid-drenched selection of riffs and organ passages creates this beautiful, hazy, and disorienting atmosphere that just feels oddly comforting. And again, I think you all know what I'm talking about. If the amp don't smoke, then it's not Space Coke. (laughs) This album offers five tracks to kick back and spark one up or line one out. Or more, if you're feeling frisky. (laughs) This is the part in the segment where I want you to get to know our astronauts for this trip. So, make sure you fasten your seatbelts, take your protein pills, and put your helmets on. I'd like to remind you guys that I'm not the best when it comes to, like, people's fucking names and shit. So, if I butcher them... I always ask you to give me forgiveness. I don't mean it. I'm sorry. I'll try harder next time. Vocals and guitar. Reno Gooch. Gooch? Sounds kind of like cooch. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um. (laughs) Jay Matheson on the bass. Awesome. He also produced the fucking album. Yep. And then Moses Andrews on the organ. Brandon Johnson on the drums. And they had a couple little guest features in here. Alice Little Two? Little Two? Ah, Two. Matt Tush? 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 I'm gonna go with Tush on this one. 
Owen Elliott, and Soundscapes by Zuthone. So I enjoyed the album overall in its entirety, for sure. But my favorite track is number three, Frozen World. I really just fucking love the grooves right off the bat. I listened to it at least four times in a row. The riffs are smart, and they have some serious chops. I mean, I dig it big time. So, in returning, as we descend into this flaming ball of fucking fire and re-enter Earth's atmosphere, take that last bump and hold on tight. This may be a bumpy ride, but it will sound good going down. By the way, you can find them on Bandcamp. Check them out. Support local music. Support music in general. Buy fucking music. Don't fucking steal it. That's just my two cents. But anyway, it's time for my five shot review. That's right. Not five stars. Five shots. If you've been through this with me before, then you already know the rules. But I'm just going to go over them in case this is your first time dropping in. Five shots. That means I need five shots to get through the fucking album. Four shots. Meh. It could have used some oomph. Three shots. Good, man. It made me air drum, bang my head. Two shots. Really good. Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. And one shot. Excellent. I'll probably have a bang over in the morning. So, lunacy. That was the shittiest drum roll ever. But, Lunacy gets two shots. Really good, man. Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. And, until we meet again, have a most excellent time. And remember, man, keep it heavy. I really am sold on this album. I have to buy a copy of it now. Holy shit. Seriously, Space Coke, I love the end of, uh, what is it, Nice Dreams, I believe, when uh, Chong gets abducted by aliens and he comes back and he's all like in like space biker form and he just sits there and he's like, hey man, you gotta try this. He's like, man, what is it? What is it? He's like, it's Space Coke. And fucking Cheech just, you hear him snort from the house and he just runs right the fuck out the wall like Looney Tunes style. Where it's like, it's so fucking cool. But yes, I totally have to listen to this album now. So, thank you, Athena. We're looking forward to another episode of Metal Mischief. And Jason, we're looking forward to your next episode of the Heavy Metal Wasteland. Awesome stuff. I am so glad to have a couple of album reviewers on the show. It is so fucking cool to, to just hear what other people are listening to. And turned me on to, you know, so fucking right. Let's get into Beatallica. This is the thing that should not let it be.
Metalheads, this week it is a treat for me because I had this great notion in my head to introduce this week's guest on April Fool's Day as Metallica, but it's not because we had some stuff come up, had to reschedule, so you missed that one. But I'm sitting here with James from the band Beatallica. James, how you doing? That's right. You're sitting here, standing here, day drinking here, however you're doing it. Right. I'm all, either way is good. Right. It's all good. How are things? You know, how's, how's, uh, you know, the Northern United States these days? Yeah. I mean, everything is great. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's a big prep time, you know, like for every band before they get ready to go out on tour and things, you know, we're, we're working on not only rehearsing, but, uh, new merch 
products and all, all that sort of thing, you know. So keeping in touch with the label and 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 satellite who does our our tour our tour booking and everything. So yeah, everything is all good. Um, we like staying busy, you know. God, especially after the last couple of years, you know. So oh, bring sure. it on! <laughs> Hell yeah! And and you did mention the label, and and we'll go ahead and give a a, a great shout out right now to Andrew from Metal Assault Records. He's, yeah, he's such a rad dude. He was on the show here a few months ago, and I've kept in contact with him ever since. And he's just super cool. Yeah, yeah, we've known Andrew. Oh man, it's got to be at least ten, eleven years now. When Metal Assault was uh, just media publication, you know, and then he started getting into other parts of the business, you know, doing merch and then starting Metal Assault Records, you know. So we've known him a long time, you know. So we we've always kind of kept in touch and. And, uh, you know, once we were in the process of getting new material together, uh, not, you know, nothing against our old labels, you know, and Carl at, at Oleo Entertainment or anything like that. Those guys are great. Um, it just seemed like the better fit with Metal Assault, with, with, with their slant on things and, and the way they're approaching the project. So, um, it was kind of a mutual partnership and a mutual sort of ha- handing the reins over sort of thing. And, uh, hell yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, every, everything's great. So. Definitely. And because of so, I am going to give him the big shout out too to say, if you want to meet Andrew, go see the Exodus Testament and Death Angel tour. He'll be running the Exodus merch booth. He did tell me that. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him yesterday, uh, you know, about some of the things, you know, and, and I know that he's known Death Angel a while and, and those guys are those guys are awesome too, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. but it's like that when that when that when that tour comes through here, where I'm at in Milwaukee, Metallica's doing their own tour, so I'm going to miss the tour. Oh no, <laughs> I'm going to miss that. That's so bad. You know that that that's just part of it, you know. But um, but yeah, everything's all good, you know. And I mean, last time that we were out in San Francisco, uh, playing at Slim's, which was it is now defunct. Um, Will Carroll was good enough to. Uh, stop on out and uh he's totally rad and it was good to have him there you know and want to be there for a gig you know and it's, it's good that he's healthy again and after sure. going through the that whole thing you know so yeah it's it, it i'm sorry to miss that show here and give oh. it close as it's coming as Juliet, but i'm sure i'll be catching those guys before too long oh absolutely because they put on such a all three of those bands put on such an amazing show oh yeah it, it's like no other but let's talk about your tour really fast. The Wherever and Everywhere Tour. You got about 15 dates where you're going to be starting on May 13th in Iowa City. And then you're going to go through May 29th in uh, West Chicago is where you're going to be ending up at, right? Yeah, that's the first part. Um, and, you know, that it's good to designate it uh, as such because there's there's going to be... Uh, other, other dates that we, we start putting out there. I mean, that, that's, that's inevitable. We're just not announcing them yet. Absolutely. Um, but that, but that first part, yeah, uh, Midwest, parts of, uh, the Northeast and then, uh, Eastern Canada, you know, in the, um, in the Ottawa or in the uh, Ontario and, uh, Quebec provinces. And yeah, that, so that, that should be all good stuff. So that's, see, that's awesome because like, I've always wanted to go to Canada. I've never been. And doing something like a, a real quick, you know, run tour maybe of like a week would be so rad to just do that. Yeah. I mean, um, 
you know, it depends on what part, you know, if you're saying I'm going to go to Canada for a week, you, you yeah. got to, you know, Canada's pretty damn big, man. <laughs> yeah, you got to designate. You, know, you, you can't go to like you can't go to like Northwest Territory and, and expect to draw anybody. Yeah, because there's nobody but there. I, to I, draw. I would go there. I would go there for hiking. That that's for sure. And like hanging out, I would go to Northwest Territory and, and Yukon, and you know, even Northern British Columbia and everything. It's it's super crazy awesome up there. You know that that's a beautiful part of the world. You know, for sure. Oh, it it absolutely is. So tell everybody out in Metal Forge Land about this bash up, as it's been called, between the Beatles and Metallica. Where did the idea germinate? Well, it actually happened. Uh, it would be well on April first, two thousand and one. So you're talking twenty one years old now. You know, as far as this idea, the fledgling ideas of it. Um, there's a festival here in Milwaukee called spoof fest okay now i'm the hospitality manager and the booker and, and we, we deal with other festivals and other venues that that host our event and so what it is you know you get uh you know local bands and musicians from here and they kind of emulate and desecrate their favorite sort of artists you know and there's there's gets comedy and skits and weirdness as well as chops um I can guarantee there's no other festival like it uh, of its kind. It <laughs> sounds amazing. Guarantee. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, like last year, okay, last year, in, in, you know, I was George Thorogood. We did George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers. Um, but instead of George Thorogood, I was George Thoroughbred. <laughs> so the top half, so the top half of me was George Washington. And the bottom half of me was a horse. That is amazing. Like in a horse costume and playing slide guitar and like, it's like running around Summerfest doing that. Um, so the, just to give you an idea of, of what that festival kind of is all about. But, but so when we would, when we did our thing, I was with a group of musicians that we wanted to do the works of Metallica, not Beatallica, Metallica. Um, but our, our gang on it, was okay this is april 1st what would those guys do as an april fool's joke and so we put out these songs you know it was um about seven you know simple mp3s i mean that were were kind of off the cuff we 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 recorded them and mixed them and not even mastered them in one day <laughs> you know and just just kind of put you know we handed them out at the show and this is when we're literally just burning cds on a laptop or, or on a desktop right. probably you know and sort of handing them out and someone got a hold of it he became our webmaster this guy named dave dixon um he was a physics uh professor at uh at marquette you know you you think what physics professor at marquette how does this have anything to do with <laughs> with anything, you know, but he's a big Beatles guy and he's in, really into weirdness, you know, and all, the, you know, these, these crazy bands. And he got a hold of our stuff and posted it online, but he didn't tell us. Oh, wow. He didn't know who he didn't know who we were. He just had it. <laughs> he got it from a friend of his. So it took him about six months to finally get a hold of me and find out who I was, what I'm doing or whatever. And he said, Hey, um, you need to know about this this thing that I did <laughs> and uh, we met over a couple of years and that, that was kind of the start of it. You know, he was involved with us for a while. He's out on the West coast. Now he's at um, San Luis Obispo now, but, um, but we still keep in touch, you know, and, and uh, you know, it, that's 
basically the fledgling, you know, the, the fledgling art- articles of how the whole thing got started. Definitely. And I think that's funny that you mentioned you, you want to do what Metallica would do as an April Fool's joke. And that's great because going back to like, you know, Lemmy's 50th birthday party, they dressed up as Lemmy. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it, it, it would make, it's like, it makes sense that they would do something like that. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, you listen to, you know, I mean, you listen to the Garage Days EP. I mean, there, there's elements of, of humor within that, that whole EP, you know, and, and the whole spastic children thing, you know, it, it, it can be a bit more, you know, lighthearted instead of like this serious progressive technical metal band of what they were really coming up in, in the mid eighties, late eighties, you know? So, and you know, the Beatles themselves, I mean, when you, when you think about George Harrison and his involvement with Monty Python and all that in the seventies, I mean, that we're, we're pretty confident that if George Harrison was still around, he'd be digging it. Oh, <laughs> you know? I'm sure. So for sure. Definitely. So Devolver came out back in November and it yeah. is the newest album that, that you all have released. So tell me about the writing process for this. Obviously the mashup bash up songs. How do you come up with ideas for it? Well, the thing that makes this album the most diverse is the lineup itself. You know, we have four guys in this band now that all do their own individual songwriting, not only in metal and rock bands, but in different sorts of genres. So it really lends itself to having a very diverse album. And it also lends itself to, like, if I'll come in with an idea that this idea is open for discussion, just because it's brought in one way doesn't mean it ends one way. Everyone has a voice. You know, whoever plays guitar or bass has a voice as to, hey, I'm thinking about this drum thing, you know, or they can, okay, James, do this vocally. Try this you know, kicking things around, different tempos, different beats, different sorts of feels and vibes and all that. So this album has definitely undergone the most transformation since the original writing process, which I think is great. You know, that that's what keeps band members interested and involved and invested in my mind. You know, um, it's not the James Lenfield show here. It's Metallica and that's, and we're a four piece and every one of us should be involved with it. So when we started composing the songs or collecting the songs and deciding what we wanted to do, what we didn't want to do, the thing that we really wanted to do was get more original material onto the record. Now, it's uh, maybe a little-known fact that Metallica has already released two original songs well before the Devolver album even came out. Okay. For those of those, for those of you who have the Winter Plunder Band EP which we only, we only made 500 copies of it. It's, it's long sold out. Um, there were two original songs on that record. And one of them we have a video for. <laughs> uh, it's a holiday uh, animated video for it. So it's not like we haven't put out original music before. We just wanted to revisit that that whole idea on this record because, again, we're, we all write, let's, let's use that focus. Now, those original songs certainly have the Beatlesque influences, you know, and the Metallica influences. I mean, you're going to hear it just like when you hear cheap trick or King's X 
or uh, the smithereens, you know, bands right. like that. It's, it's like, oh, I hear you. For sure. <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah, it, you know, it it has its or, own, yeah, it has its own entity, as it were. Yeah, you can tell yeah. a, you can tell a Cure song because of the way Robert Smith plays guitar before he even sings or before you would even know who it would, who it actually was. Yeah. I mean, and that's all good. You know, we, we, we never ever want to lose the element of what Vitalica is, you know, and obviously when you're going to hear some of the stuff, you're going to, you're going to hear some things and some riffs and be like, ah, okay, gotcha. (laughs) I got it. I see where this is coming from. And we still have our agreements with Metallica and Q prime and, and all those guys in regard to use of their riffs and material, you know, and they've been nothing but swell, you know, for all that, you know, we have a really good relationship. So they understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it and that we're doing it legally and properly. We're, you know, no, no one's hiding anything, you know? <laughs> so, and so, that, yeah. And that's so great. That's, that's, you know, great. and that's, that's such a great thing because, you know, with my involvement with like blackened whiskey over the, uh, over last year, they were mm-hmm. nothing but great people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy, um, you know, our main guy that we, we deal with is Justin D'Angelo at, at Q prime, you know, and they've always been really good and prompt and nothing is weird, you know, nothing scary. Every, every time Metallica comes into town, you know, we'll get together and, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we hook up. We let them know what's going on. You know, we, it's part, it, you know, it, it's maybe like 5% of the conversation revolves around, okay, here's what we're doing. Are we cool? This is all good. Everyone's good. Okay, great. And then we just talk about other stuff. <laughs> and know, and so. see, that's, that's super cool. It'd be, it'd be nice. Get some, uh, James Hetfield backing vocals on it or something. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know for the Devolver thing, we, we did ask Q Prime if they could get a hold of, uh, of those guys real quick you know, to do like some sort of liner, but they were working on the, um, the Chris Cornell, uh, project that they did. Oh, so yeah. they were, they were tied up, you know, so, but it just happened to be, we were both kind of doing that at the same time. So it's for sure. Welcome to the night. You think, you know, night demon, then the night demon, heavy metal podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented all access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio. Something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road 
New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey guys, Wesling Steve of the Wesling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. When it comes to writing and recording and, and actually in the production side of an album, and with Devolver coming out just here, you know, within the last uh, six months, do you have... Uh, an end goal in mind do you want to do another album as quickly as possible do you like to sit on things for you know a year or two years how does that work for you well i know this time around we recorded more material than what we released so we do have some stuff waiting um you know maybe we do an ep we also have various live shows um from our last tour that we have in the bank um just you know, here's the files. If we want to do something with it, we could. Um, I know in the past when we have done, um, like, like releases in Japan, for example, when Sony Japan was, was releasing the Sergeant Hetfield's album and, and all you need is blood. That's the reason why we have extra stuff because they said, Hey, you're, we're, we're going to release this. Can we get a couple extra tracks? You know, so we, we've done, um, you know, initially we didn't do a version of All You Need Is Blood in Japanese, but then we we did for them. And so then they released it. Or we had some festival shows in Germany that we had the live the live audio from. And so we, we got that got that tailored up and then we, we released that on the Japanese versions. You know, so there's always good reasons to have some things lying around. Um, you know, as far as a release date or anything like that, I mean, our our aim this year is to play. We, we have no desire to go into the studio right now this year and, or be doing any other thing like that. We're pushing Devolver. That's what it is. I mean, we're even looking to, into next year already, you know, with plans. So I don't think that another Vitalica release is going to come out anytime, certainly within the next year, year and a half or something, because this is what we want to do. We want to play. For sure. You know, I think, I I think that a lot of bands want to do that. Exactly. And for the, you know, especially the last two years of not being able to play shows, I totally get that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even play in other bands, you know, like we all do. And, you know, I play in a, in a Celtic rock band and we released that album in March, uh, just earlier this, earlier this month. You know, by the time we got done with the recording process, our drummer's like, man, I just want to play. I just want to play, play, play. I am ready to do this. Let's go. You know, and so it isn't just this band. It's, a, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all the bands. They, they want to get out there and do this. For sure. 
Absolutely. And that's where it's all at. I've always said, you know, I, I've agreed with, uh, one of the things that Lemmy said about any five dudes can, uh, get in a studio and make a, make an album, go out on the road and prove it, you know, go play shows, get up, get out, perform in front of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, our set lists, um, for this tour coming up and, and, you know, for the tours for this year, really the way that we do our set lists is that, you know, we have you know, enough material where we can do a different set list each night. And that's what we plan on doing. You know, so like if someone comes to see us in Indianapolis, they're going to see one set list. But then if they come see us in Detroit, they're going to see another set list. You know, so that's great. That's part of the that's part of the fun of it. You know, and we we want to play every song off of Devolver. You know, as as well as pay attention to the other albums. There's going to probably be some songs each night that okay, we're always going to play. You know, like maybe these four tunes. You know, but it can also be a thing off the cuff. You know, we feel like playing this tonight. Okay, well then we're going to play it. Um, it's it's definitely not something that is static. And is the same thing every night. That is not not how this is going to roll. Definitely, and I really appreciate bands that do that. As much as I as much as I do know that, like, okay, well, when you go see Iron Maiden, if you go in Phoenix and you go in L.A., you know you're getting the exact same show. You might get one song yeah. flip flopped based on where you know the crowd interaction one night. But like bands like Metallica that go out and perform, you know, what are we putting on the set list today? Well, it's like we know we're going to have, you know, Inner Sandman and we know we're going to have For Whom the Bell Tolls and possibly Fuel. But like adding stuff in there, like you get the weird off track, like a Leper Messiah or something Mm -hmm. like that. That to me is like an, an ever evolving set list is great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, things should happen organically to I, a certain extent. I 100% agree with that, and it's awesome. Now, the big question I want to ask before we b- split off into the other segment of the show is, are you going to do any mashup songs with anything from St. Anger? <laughs> well, it's being discussed, because if you listened to the Abbey Load album... okay. You know, and you listen to the Abbey Load medleys and, and the Golden, you know, the Golden Slumber medley. You're going to hear elements of that. Um, now, also keep this in mind that when a when a band goes on and plays live, they can mash and morph into things as they please. You know, there there's there's there isn't a license on just I'm going to go on and play a song. You know, in 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 public. You know, I I can play whatever. I want, <laughs> you know, um, so I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying no. Um, all I can tell you that in the past pieces from the St. Anger album have already been used, okay. uh, in, in the Vitalica recording. So, okay. um, yeah, so listen to, okay. So, okay. Just go to the Beatles at Abbey road. Um, I, she I, came into the bathroom. She came yeah. into the bathroom window. Which, okay. Dirty window. Right. Yeah. I, so just ah. yeah. So there's this one example. Okay. See, because I think it's an it's an album that gets a lot of undue flack, I guess, personally. Because I like that album. <laughs> I'm like one yeah, right of on. I mean I saw the tour. I, I was at that tour. So was yeah. I. I'm like one of one that like that album. 
(laughs) (laughs) But it's great to know that, you know, it's all encompassing and it's not just, you know, the hits or anything like that. Well, that's the thing about, you know, when you're, when you're making songs for this band, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, for example, one of my favorite Metallica songs ever is Disposable Heroes. One of my favorite Beatles songs ever is In My Life. Neither of them have been used in a Metallica song. Ah. Now, I'm the one that generally creates the compositions here, you know. So why has that not happened? Well, the reason is because, look, we've, we've not stumbled upon that formula. You know, it, it, there's, no, there's no need to kind of force something in there just because you want to use a riff from Disposable Heroes. You know, what is going to be good for the composition? So maybe someday we will, you know. Um, if we don't, that's fine. For I still sure. dig the song. It doesn't mean that I don't like the song anymore. <laughs> you right. know, um, it's all about feel and vibe and, and, you know, as well as getting clearance, you know, and, and all those other things that, that go along with that, you know, and trying to be sensitive to what licensors want you to do or not do. Um, that's always something that, that you do. We pay attention to. We always have. We always will. We're not, you know, if someone tells us no, okay, well, then that answer is no. Then we, then we won't do it. You know, the last thing we want to do is, you know, piss anybody off and then, then it just creates more headaches for everybody all around. For sure. Absolutely. And that's what I think a lot of people need to be a little bit more mindful of, honestly. I mean, it makes the band, I, you know, it makes Metallica a headache. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That, that, that is for sure. But it also makes Metallica a band truly like no other band on the planet. And I'm usually not a guy who's going to, you know, be tooting their own horn or super egotistical guy, but I can confidently say that, that there, there is no other band that does what we do, how we do it on the, on the planet. There, there isn't, you know, so if, if people go on and see the show or really dig into what we're doing and try and understand the compositional makeup and learn about Oh, okay. I'm a Metallica fan. I'm not much into the Beatles, but okay. Well, what is the, okay. Well, maybe I learned something and then vice versa. You know, so I think that's a great thing, but you got to be willing to open your mind and do it. Um, you know, it's fun, you know, bottom line, lowest common denominator. It's going to be fun. Definitely. (laughs) I can tell you that. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two, so you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no 
man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. No. <laughs> yeah. Weird. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast, available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. So speaking of fun, let's switch gears here. Let's ask you some general profile questions about James as a person. You know, these things that make us all tick. Because we're all interesting musicians in the end, in people is the end. You know? I'm, I'm six, I'm six foot, 182, <laughs> uh, dark blonde hair, blue eyes. Um... Can so we, if you want to, if you want, if you want to look me up on Grinder, no. um, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be under, uh, I'll be under a pseudonym, but no. uh, that, that's just my general profile. Can we get this man a date? No. <laughs> what was your favorite TV show growing up? God, you know, it's funny you say that because we were just at Vitalica rehearsal and we were watching uh, in, 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 during break time, uh, Jimmy Olnick pulled up um an episode of Laverne and Shirley where uh where Lenny and the Squigtones was playing. Oh wow. <laughs> and they're doing night after night, you know, so it's like you know, and I'm growing up, it's like okay, so I okay, so I'm growing up in the suburb of Milwaukee. And now my babysitter at that time, her name, uh Jackie Cation, okay, she's a comedian. She's a professional comedian. She lives in LA. And she does a blog called the Dork Forest. <laughs> okay. Um, and she's great. I've known her literally all my life. You know, our parents work together and everything like that. So, so Jackie is babysitting me. Right. And, and we would watch, you know, happy days. She was a big happy days fan, you know, and Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, when that came out, you know, Robin Williams. And obviously the comedy thing was probably striking home with her back then, even, you know, right. So we were watching all that stuff, you know, um, you know, but as far as must see TV, the, the the first the first show that was ever must see TV for me was the Mickey Mouse Club, and I was like four or something like that. Now I was I was just wearing my Minnie Mouse shirt the other day. All right, so the the Mickey Mouse Club comes on, and then it ends because TV shows end right. You know, they're like thirty minutes, and that was it, dude. L this little guy was not not having it so i was like screaming crying like it it you know this is it it's ragnarok right now because the mickey mouse club show is now over for the day you know so that was the first show apparently that made an impact on me and now you know i was never like this big annette funicello you know like oh, oh my yeah. god i want to do that you know never had a crush on annette funicello or whatever. but for some reason that that just I needed more of the Mickey Mouse Club, man. You know, right on. Um, yeah. What are you going to do? I had ears, you know, when I was a kid and everything, you know. So they got me. The yeah. marketing worked. It, it, <laughs> you it know, does. when I was little. So, awesome. so yeah. So those are those are just a few, you know. For sure. What was your favorite breakfast food? Burritos, not breakfast burritos. I mean, like just a burrito. <laughs> just like an actual, yeah, a, a dinner burrito yeah, for breakfast. I am not a breakfast food guy, man. Okay. Um, eggs i can't remember the last time i had pancakes and waffles and all that stuff nah not in, not into it if you can get me a big plate of pasta 
or upper, you know, a big giant, like, you know, chicken chorizo burrito, you know, type looking thing that I'm good. Um, or if it's on a day when I'm just hanging out at home, you know, and I can kind of just like, you know, lie around at home or whatever, then I'll be probably better to myself and have like a smoothie, you know, like a blueberry smoothie okay. or something like that. But if I got, but if I got stuff to do and it's, it's on the road time and I'm going to be running around and burning calories or whatever. No, nah, I didn't know. I, I don't want no egg McMuffin. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, I need something more. So, I need like a burrito, like as big as my left arm, you know? Yes. So for the, uh, for the, uh, the burrito for breakfast, that's not a breakfast burrito. So it's got to be kind of pr- probably a leftover. Is it heated or not? Do you reheat? Oh, it's heated. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those it's cold heated. pizza guys. Yeah. I mean, I'll do that. You know, I mean, we've all been there. Um, but yeah, heated. It's got to be, it's got to be hot though. I mean, I, I'm not afraid of spice. You know, get, get some, get some good jalapenos and some good salsa verde on there. You know, some chilies and everything like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We collect a lot of things as musicians, you know, going out on the road, finding knickknacks and stuff like that. What do you collect? Well, I'm in um, a room here in the house right now that, that me and my girlfriend, we call, we call it the rock and roll room. Okay. So this is kind of my, my room where I, this, this is one of my abodes here. Um, I collect penguins. Now this goes, you know, now Jackie from the Dork Forest, she knows I collect penguins, you know, and I've, I've collected penguins all my life, but I, collect, but I do that because my favorite hockey team is the Pittsburgh Penguins. So now Milwaukee doesn't have a professional hockey team. No. They are a farm club of the Nashville Predators. Yes. Okay. Here's the problem. James is a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So the Penguins played the Nashville Predators in the Stanley Cup Finals several years ago. Okay. So, but then here's the good thing. Vitalica had an off day mm-hmm. for game one of the Stanley Cup Finals. So we drove after our gig in Northern Virginia. We got to Pittsburgh. Okay. We, and we had tickets and not only did we see the Penguins win the game, right? So we, we get in there <laughs> and it's like, we're hanging out outside. First of all, we're hanging outside and it's like they're selling uh yingling, you know, yingling in cans. Now these cans are like as big as a paper towel roll. Oh okay? yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're huge. <laughs> you know, the big ones. And it's like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm just like, are you sure we can bring these in? It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, it's all good. So it's like we literally just get these things. I take like two steps, and this officer, he kind of taps me on the shoulder. He's like, where are you going? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm going to what? He's like, you can't bring that in there. I was like, oh, man, I just got this thing. It's like the game's going to start in like seven minutes. So I'm just like, well, here we go. (laughs) So I drank an entire paper paper towel roll of yingling (laughs) in about – you know, in about 60 seconds, ran over to the seats or whatever. The Penguins were in the game. And in the meantime, Jimmy, all the, you know, our drummer, he's getting face painted as King Diamond, but in Pittsburgh Penguins colors. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the, so at the end of the game, we're walking out and ESPN sees us. Oh, they no. see Jimmy in this King Diamond makeup and they got him. <laughs> we got Jimmy's live <laughs> 
TV, and we're all just raging and everything. The Penguins won and everything, so everyone's in a good mood, dude. It was, it was totally hilarious. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. And they're not doing too shabby this year either. They're not, they're not, but they're losing too many close games down the stretch. They could have won this division, man. The, they could have won the division. You know what? I'm an LA Kings fan and we, oh, they're, they're having a good year. They, we are having compared to the last couple, we're doing great. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But I mean, the Penguins just lost like two games to the Rangers. You know, the, the last two games they played the Rangers and they're like arch rivals. They lost them, they lost them both, which is, I'm, I, I, I don't carry too many grudges and I'm a big sports honk. I don't take, I don't carry too many grudges in sports, you know, for like baseball, football, whatever. I carry most of them in hockey, you know, and, and my buddies out of New York, they know I don't like the Rangers, you know what I mean? But, but the, the Penguins and the Rangers got a long history, you know, and as, as well as the Flyers and now your friends in Philly that know that I, that I, I, we, get each other back and forth about the flyers and the penguins you know well but well the flyers it's all, it's all are just fun. like you know some of those up there are, are just rough teams you know just because of being being rough <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah i've had some run-ins in philly <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> things, so. what song do you listen to before every show hmm well I don't think we have or I have a specific song, but I know that we were just talking about, you know, after we listened to the Lenny and the Squig Tones thing, we're just like, okay, we need to put our, you know, the 15 minute bumper music, you know, before we, before we go on stage, you Mm -hmm. know, so we'll, we'll probably do that and we'll probably pick some songs. Um, each one of us will pick a song, you know, um, I don't think I have one that, uh, that I would say I, you know, I listen to like all the time or every day. But I am on record with my friends as saying that if I was a baseball player, my walk-up music would be morphing into Primal by In Flames. That I know. I've I've said that on multiple occasions. Yes. Definitely. So classic albums. You know, there's so many classic albums out there. Paranoid, L.A. Woman, Back in Black. Uh, So out of like these magnanimous albums out there, what is one that you do not own? Huh. Well, you know, you mentioned L.A. Woman. I own that, but I'm not a Doors fan. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate them. You know, I like the Ray Manzarek side of the Doors. You know, and the, the, uh, my least favorite kind of Doors is Jim Morrison. Understandable. Um, I know, I know, I, I'm, I know people I'm, I'm in the huge before. minority on that. Yeah, I'm in the huge minority on that. I, I realize it. Um, but let's see. Okay, so classic albums that I do not own. Huh? Oh, let's see. You know, I really like the Almond Brothers, but I don't own a lot of Almond Brothers okay. stuff. Um, I know I get yelled at for that. Um, let's see. What's another really great band that I don't own? Hmm. That's hard, man, because I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, if, if you said rumors, I would be so happy. If you didn't own, <laughs> no, I have rumors. <laughs> everybody has rumors. <laughs> okay, so how about this? Okay, how about this? Okay, so I mentioned the Spoof Fest thing. Okay, right. So now this year we're doing Spoof Fest in a month, actually a month to to the day. Now I'm going to be Rick Ocasek in the Cars. All right. Um, now I'm not going to get into what my costume is going to be because I don't want to give that away, but, um, I don't own, uh, the car's first album. Oh, okay. Which is, which, which is a ridiculously well written out. Yeah. For what it is. So, so I'll, I'll say that just because it's topical for now. Okay. 
Definitely. Sabbath or Zeppelin? Um, I'm going to go with Zeppelin. And the reason being is because of not because of necessarily the playing, but because of the production and studio work and the mastery that Jimmy Page had in the studio, especially on Houses of the Holy. Okay. I could I could definitely see that. Because, yeah, because House of the Holy is, is still my favorite Zeppelin album. You know, I was talking with a friend about this the other day and about being burnt out on so many, quote, classic rock bands like the Van Halens and bands like Black Sabbath, bands like Led Zeppelin and such. And I've really come to realize over the last few months that I'm not necessarily burnt out on Led Zeppelin. I'm burnt out on Led Zeppelin 1, 2, 3, and 4. Sure. That, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you have Sirius XM? I do not actually. Yeah, because it's okay. So it's like you listen to Sirius XM. It's just like I'm not, I'm not paying for satellite radio to hear Black Dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be listening to other stations or whatever that'll play. You know, Self on Soiree. I just heard that on on Sunday on, on uh, Deep Tracks. You know, right? Um, so that's great. You know, that's what I want to hear. You know. Um, or, you know, for Sabbath, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not listening to Sirius XM to hear Iron Man. That, that's not right. why I have You're it. You're listening to it to, to hear Backstreet Kids. Yeah, something, <laughs> something else, you know, besides that, you know. Definitely. What song could you never tire of listening to? Mm, okay, well, I am currently wearing a Kiss Rock and Roll Over shirt, okay? Mm. So that that's my favorite Kiss album, um, and I think that there are two songs off of that record that are very underrated by Kiss. Okay. That being "Take Me" and "Mr. Speed." Okay. So I'm I'm gonna go with that again, just trying to stay topical with what I'm wearing here. Um, yeah, those yeah those songs are great. They're so much fun, Definitely. and they got different vibes. You know, "Take Me" is a little more intense. "Mr. Speed" is a little more fun. You know what I mean? For sure, um, but yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Okay, and, and I really enjoy that album as well. That to me is like their sh- when they hit their stride was like rock and roll over. Yeah, because oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's when they became like Kiss. I mean, yeah, you had you know the first three albums are what they are, but then you get into, like, when you get into, like, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Love Gun, those albums there are just, like, on another level for that Well, ba- I think that, that when those three were out, I think that Kiss was, they were they the first band to have those three albums at a certain charting point in the Billboard? Um, now, that, that's when bands were pumping out, you know, an album, album a year or even less, you know. Uh, but they set some sort of mark with those three albums, right? Where they were, they were all in the in the album chart at the same time over the yeah. over like the course of like a calendar year or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because I don't think because you're talking seventy six, seventy seven ish. So I yeah. don't think Pink Floyd would have had that done yet. No, because I. Thought that animals, okay, so Dark Side of the Moon was what, 73, 72, 73, and then Wish You Were Here would have been 75, so then Animals was 77, and then The Wall was 79 or 80. 79, yeah. You know, 
So, so yeah, so th- th- they didn't put them out fast enough. No, definitely not. Interesting. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. What is something you've always wanted to do, but you're not coordinated enough to do? Skiing. Skiing. Yeah. (laughs) I've been skiing like twice in my life. I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, and I guess for as much as I like hockey, I can't skate where the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm. So, yeah. I'm that guy. Like, if you've, you've seen the Mighty Ducks. And, sure. you know, uh, the, where his limo driver, uh, like MC Ganey, I believe is who it is, where he's just like running around the ice in, in his tennis shoes. That would be me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right on. Yeah. I'm not, right I, I'm not a, I'm not a skater like that either. Nope. I would break my ankles, honestly, if I did. Yeah. We just didn't grow up with it in my family. I mean, we were all baseball guys, you know, my dad and my uncle and my grandpa and just like, I mean, we all played and everything, you know, and I was a fairly good ball player, you know, when I was growing up. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, when my dad found out that I, that I liked hockey, you know, I mean, one of my earliest memories, okay. When you're going back to the TV show thing. Okay. So the Wisconsin Badgers in the seventies were just growing in to be 
a college powerhouse for hockey. They won the national title in 77. Now, I remember watching these games on an old black and white TV. I'm a little kid. I'm sitting in my little pirate bed, loft bed, you watching the Badgers late at night because they didn't show it as is. You know, they show a tape delay, black and white, you know. So, like, on a Saturday night, you know, I would watch The Love Boat, Fantasy Island, Saturday Night Live, Wisconsin Badger Hockey. And my, you know, and my babysitter, Jackie, or her parents would let me stay up and watch these things, you know. And so just watching that, you would think that I was like, oh man, I want to grow up and learn how to skate. Well, no one in my family skated, you know. And so it, it was, it, it was never a thing like, hey, we're going to go teach you how to skate. And hockey is really expensive, you know. And so, so it, it, it was just never something that came up. And, and I was pretty good at baseball and everyone else played. And that's what it was back then. Baseball was king. Uh, in the seventies yet in this country, you know, so it's, that's how that ended up. But I, I wish I could skate because I think that I really like playing hockey. Um, you know, maybe if I put on a little bit more weight, you know what I mean? Right. For sure. Yeah. Give me, an extra, mean, give me an extra 20 pounds. And I'd be ready to go. Yeah. You'd be a definite, definite defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so I got a couple more questions for you, but, um, before we get into it, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before we go today? Um, well, I mean, kind of like the normal, the normal folks. I mean, like Metallica just for being cool, you know, um, we're always grateful that we have the relationship that we do with them, you know, and that that never slips our mind, you know, uh, every time that we go out and do something that, that, that is always first and foremost, you know, and they have a really good, uh, charitable cause called All Within My Hands. For those of you who aren't familiar with that, I would encourage people to check that out. Um, so it's great to see them, uh, just doing community based projects and things. I think that's, I think that's really, really cool. Um, you know, Metal Assault, they've, they've, they've been nothing but cool. And obviously, you know, you've talked, you've talked with Andrew. That's great. Uh, and then same thing with Logan at Satellite, um, for, uh, for booking, you know, satellite touring. You know, when we were first approaching people about, hey, we got this new record coming out, new label coming out, this is what we want to do, COVID looks like it's ending, who's in? Uh, satellite was like, I, I got a hold of, hold of satellite and I think Logan got a hold of me within seven minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's just like, and he's like, we're doing this, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hell yeah. So we're, okay, cool. Let's All do systems it, you know? go. So yeah. So, so they've always, you know, I mean, I mean, right from the start. They're really enthusiastic about it, so that's that's all cool. Um, yeah, and, and you, 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 when you talk about bands going out and playing and stuff, you know, you're leaving home, you're leaving, you know, in, in our case, uh, just girlfriends, no wives. You know what I mean? So that that's always important, you know, and, and family members and stuff, you know. So they've always been uh, really great to us as well. You know what I mean? They're all enthusiastic, and my parents said they go to every Metallica gig. You know. My my eighty year old dad is he's wearing an I want to choke your band shirt and he's <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> yes. So he's he's got a couple of gin and tonics and he's ready to go. <laughs> That's awesome. So right on. That is totally rad that you know that that even even your parents still go. That's so cool. Even uh th- there's there's another guy that I should mention too that um our buddy is named Mike Weber. Uh he lives in the Chicago area, but he does a lot of our video stuff. So if you've seen the video for our tune wherever and everywhere, as well as other videos, uh, Mike Weber has pretty much spearheaded a lot of that. And we met him years ago and 
you know, he's not just like a colleague. I mean, he's a good buddy of ours, you know. Um, but Weber is always, even, even on days when we're not as hyped, <laughs> Weber's usually pretty hyped. So, he, he, uh, so, he probably so has great. that energy where he's, you know, if you guys are not really hyped and he is, he's probably got that infectious energy where you guys get hyped because of him being hyped. Yeah. You know, like how the Mighty Mighty Boston's had just have that one guy on the side of the stage who just dances. He's the hype guy. Yep. That would be Weber. Nice. <laughs> That'd be Weber for us. And so. everybody needs to have that. Every band out yeah, there needs to hell have yeah. that. Yeah. For sure. Yes, that is, that is for totally correct. So, as always, links will be listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. Go buy merch. Go support these guys on the Wherever and Everywhere tour that is coming up that you guys are going to. And always, like I said, links, and I will be posting links to the All Within My Hands Foundation below, so please check that out as well. I do have one last question for the show. Yeah. What album changed your life? The first one that comes to my mind is Killing Technology by Voivod. I know exactly where I was when I heard it. Now, I was a Voivod fan besides, you know, when, when Warren Payne and, and Roar came out. Now, back in those days, they, they were one of my fave up-and-coming metal bands, and they really they were more influenced by punk than anything else, mm-hmm. and grindcore and things. Um, but when I put on Killing Technology for the first time, I, I just was this, I was okay. So where my first band practice was in my parents' house. We called it Club Necro. I was in this band called Necromacy. All right, and I'm leaning I'm leaning against the you know the post in the basement, and we put on Killing Technology, and I was just like just standing there listening to this record and looking at our drummers like, what the hell? I'm just like, this is amazing. This is like nothing like how I had nothing what I had ever heard before. You know. Um, you know, so I, I think at one point in time when it came, you know, going back to that whole thing about bumper music before the band goes on, I, I know that I've had Tornado on my list, Tornado by Voivod. Um, and every time those guys come around, I'm, I'm totally there. Um, they are such a great band and so creative and, and cool, cool dudes, you know, um, had, had a chance to meet them several times and hang out and just, just really, really a good band. That's awesome. See, I have not really stepped too far into the Voivod deal here. And like, I need to seriously get into them because I've had so many people from everywhere be like, dude, this band is the shit you get in. It's like one of those, you don't look away bands after you get into them. Yeah. Their album, uh, nothing face is one of my favorite drum albums that I've ever heard. Definitely. So yeah, for sure. I'm yeah, sold already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're super cool. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, another band that I've always had a soft spot in my heart for is Armored Saint. Okay. Um, they're just really good, good folks. And I, I've met them once or twice and they had a whole other story. I could go on for another half hour or <laughs> how they changed my life. Um, you know, when I was, when I was a kid in Madison and just, getting into trouble and stuff. And they, they were just, they were good people and they were cognizant of, of people, not just being rock guys, you know? Um, then I never forgot that about Armored Saints. So, so I always really liked, you know, John Bush and Joey Vera and, and, and all those guys. It's it just, just, just a super cool, solid band. They're another one. Whenever they come around, I'm, I'm totally there. I'll be seeing them in November. 
actually yeah. <laughs> when, when they come around. So that's awesome. James, thank you so much for coming into the metal forge this week. It has been such an awesome conversation with you. I like some of these conversations because it's like, I know people <laughs> it's like, yeah. It, hell yeah. And it's, it's just fun to have awesome conversations, you know, instead of like being in your own, uh, in your own scene in your own town that, you know, when you talk to somebody else outside of it, it's just, it's super cool to me. So thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And, you know, hopefully, uh, well, I mean, I'll see you at a gig, right? Yeah, That's absolutely. Happening. That's happening. So <laughs> off of the Devolver album, what do you want me to play out today? Oh, let's see. How about let's go with, let's go with Here Comes Revenge. Ooh, that's awesome. So people, yeah, people will recognize some of the stuff that's floating around in there. That's that's for sure. Now, that's a song that we actually were playing on tour before we recorded uh, recorded the tracks for the Devolver album. So that, that song is the oldest track off of Devolver. Um, so for those of you who saw us uh, several years ago, maybe some of you have heard this track because uh, we were starting to play it out then um, and it made the record. So um, let's let's go with that. Nice. So you heard him. This is from Beatallica. This is Here Comes Revenge.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.